You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot to... I can't remember. Check one, two, mic one, two. Check. I, I, honestly, I don't know what's Check, baby, check, baby, one, two, I'm three. You need to get it. You need to get it. No, it's really good. Nope. Nope, it's a stout. Also part of the whole I don't know thing. All right. All right, here we go. Evan here. Mark, Ryan, across from me. Hello. Gentlemen, welcome. We are here at Poor Brothers. Thanks for hosting. Poor Brothers, Peoria Heights, Illinois. Peoria Heights, Illinois. Hashtag it's happening in the Heights. <laughs> so we've dug into a couple of interesting things. Why don't we, as we always, talk about beers of the week and then provision of the week. So, Mark, you want to go with beer of the week or you want Ryan to go? I can go. It doesn't matter. Okay. Start with your, sorry, drink of the week then. Drink of the your week. Your pint of the week. So I um, had the pleasure of going out to Portland, Oregon for, for a trip recently in the, in the last week. Um, had a great beer uh, from DeGard. It was actually um, a collab with Monkish. And it was, um, I think it was called Armored uh, Armordilla. I believe it was a double dry hopped uh, Imperial IPA. Nicely done, as, as you can imagine, from that uh, group of guys. Yeah. Uh, so, very nice. Oh. All right, Ryan, fire away. So I think my my number one drink of the week is probably going to be a bourbon. Go right ahead. Uh, so I had a Willet Special Pick eight-year bourbon called the Hambone. Okay. I don't know how their picks work or anything, but it was, uh, I think it was about 58, 59% uh, ABV, uh, just a buttery smooth nice kind of little spice on it uh from will distillery yeah uh i i did a bourbon sample trade with someone a couple weeks ago so i sent him some samples and then he sent some back and um i think all the samples he sent me were different Willet picks nice so uh core i'm excited to try all these the first one was uh phenomenal probably the uh the number one uh, drink of the week i think so nice. uh, i'm pretty excited about that what about um, you? Well, uh, since my Washington Nationals were working their way and winning their first um, World Series championship, I did get to enjoy uh, your beer that you gave me after your trip to Austin, the Live Oak Big Bark Amber Lager. Oh, gosh, is that good. And when you're too stressed to like have something that allows you not to pay attention too much but just something that's crushable like a big bark it was perfect so uh as as we went through a lot of those games uh, very stressed out but still very excited 
the Live Oak Big Bark was a big hit in my book. So nice Vienna lager. I was going to say, lager. this whole Vienna-style lagers, probably, I, I know it's more of an old-school-style beer, yeah. but uh, it's fairly new to me. Uh, with that and then the Dovetail Vienna Lager, I don't even know the name of that. or Maybe that's just what they call it, but yeah. it's a great style. It's almost just kind of like a little shift to add a little bit more malt uh, yep. to the lager to be perfectly timed for the fall season. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I've just, I've found that, I found Big Bark and the uh, Dovetail one to be perfect right now. Yeah. So go grab your Vienna Lagers, everybody. A nice, good, little bit more malty, crispy out there. Uh, it was great. Mark, are you ready to do your provision of the week? I am. Oh, fire away. <laughs> so uh, keeping with the theme of uh, Portland, Oregon for me, uh, went to a fantastic restaurant in Portland. Uh, it was called Le Pigeon. Uh, it was a French restaurant, but they, they did a lot of uh, fusion uh, items on the menu, and I had kind of what I would call a fantastic uh, surf and turf uh, fusion. Uh, I had a, It was a crab-glazed Wagyu brisket. And it Whoa. was over the top. I bet there was a crab lot of glazed. Yeah, so it had like a just like a almost like a crab slaw on top of it, and they used like a, a squash barbecue sauce on it as well. With a, I think they had like a garnished with like fried apples, and the and Ooh. and the, the wagyu brisket was just melt in your mouth. Don't you love this season where just <laughs> everything gets glazed with like apples or pumpkin yes, and just it, some really awesome good yeah, flavors? It was a, they used the squash barbecue sauce. It's the so best time of year. It was it was fantastic. It'll be a meal that I'll remember for a long time. Nice. I was gonna say we talk about seasons for beers quite a bit, but seasons for food differ tremendously. In the fall, yeah, might be the best. Yeah, I mean everybody loves their summertime barbecues and things yeah. like that, but when fall comes around and you start to get a little bit more heavy harvest season for fruits and veggies and everything i mean that seems like that's when the flavors are really popping with all of your like farm to table type of uh restaurants and meals and stuff i mean i don't know about you guys but i'm i'm a sucker for soups i love soups yeah and so coming into soup season here i'm i'm excited about that we probably have soup once or twice a week just Mm -hmm. because like our entire family loves it Yeah. yeah all right ryan so we went out to uh, Connected in Peoria, Illinois, yes. local, a nice local restaurant here. Uh, Great place. Last weekend, and as much as it kills me to say it, my wife ordered the better dish. <laughs> However, I hate when how that dare she? I hate when that so happens. So they have this boar tenderloin mm. that is to die for. Yes. And when we started talking about places to go, she kind of threw that out there, and I said yes, because... I haven't had this boar tenderloin in a while, and I would love to have that tonight. So my mind was set on that from the beginning, but she had uh, a filet. Uh, I think it had like a red red wine demi-glace on it or nothing nothing too fancy with it. Uh, it was cooked perfectly. The tenderness was like melting your mouth, and it was just phenomenal. So yeah. as good as the boar tenderloin was, the steak probably was slightly better. But uh, the whole meal was fantastic, um, but I would go with that filet probably for the, the meal of the week. I Wonderful. Love, I love connected steaks. Actually, I I might be wrong here, but I believe uh, the last time I was there, it was a non-menu item, but they had a, like a 25- or 30-day aged uh, ribeye that was a non-menu item that you could order. Yeah. And oh, probably one of the best steaks I've had in Peoria. Yeah, yeah this one was a non-menu item too. I don't okay. know if there was a special age or anything to it, but um, it was a special for the night that yeah. was 
highly recommended by the server, and it was, I mean, yeah, yeah, it didn't disappoint. Yeah. Um, traditionally on Halloween, at least at our house, we've usually gone with a soup. You talk about soups. Mm-hmm. Get something in the crock pot. The kids are out trick-or-treating. Now, we had the distinct pleasure here in Peoria to experience snow and sub 40 degree temperatures here for Halloween. (laughs) Gotta love three inches of snow the day before Halloween. Um, So a soup was still perfect. And so um, as we did, I think last year we might have done chili this year. My wife made a chicken tortilla soup um, fresh with black beans. Um, You know, we put fresh green chilies in there roast those in the oven. And then you add a little dollop of sour cream and my favorite, the uh, um, Valentina hot sauce, which I think always has a little bit more of a Mexican kind of flair to it. When you put it on other stuff, I like to go with your um, um, Cholula hot sauce. But Valentina on anything, tacos, Mexican, tortilla, whatever, that's my go-to. And with some crushed tortilla chips on that after you take the kids out when it's super cold and I've been... Drinking some lagers in the uh, the old Yeti, you know that's the parents' uh, uh, trick right there. The so move, the, right. the move to go around. It was a, a nice uh, way to warm up after being outside when it's thirty eight degrees. Someone said, "I love mm-hmm. Halloween because you see all the parents drinking Yetis." Yep, <laughs> uh, implying obviously that they're drinking alcohol. And then I I think I thought to myself, or maybe it was someone else, and me and you texted Evan that we're like. When they're drinking Yetis when it's 90 degrees out in June and July, that's also alcohol. Probably. <laughs> it's not just on Halloween. Right. Right. <laughs> it's it's the, the sort of like cloak right there that yeah. uh, the cloak and dagger way of parents enjoying uh, uh, any activity. And oh. uh, a good Pilsner tastes mighty fine out of a Yeti when you're walking around the neighborhood on a nice night. Oh, uh, yeah. Evan, I was with you all the way other than the fact that I think Valentina's hot sauce is good on anything. I agree, but... I've always found my go-to for sure. Mexican dishes is Valentina. I like to have everybody's mul- got their thing. Yeah. So. so, outside of that, I know Mark has celebrated very special birthday, and he did some um, pinting and provisioning out in Oregon uh, with some with his wife and I think your close family uh, brother sister-in-law brother-in-law sister-in-law yes. brother-in-law. So, obviously, you probably have a lot to talk about in terms of the places that you went to, not only for food, but for drink. Yeah, I can, uh, I'll give you guys kind of a, a, a brief overview of what the, what the trip looked like. So, uh, flew into Portland. Uh, first stop, uh, not too far away from the airport, was Great Notion. Um, that's, not, that's not far from the airport, huh? Not too bad. Oh, nice. It, I mean, I bet it's, it was probably not even 15 minutes from the airport. Don't, do they have a tap room in the city? Or they is do. It, oh. They do. But this is the original one. That's uh, oh, the original one's not in the city. Okay, right. It's it's way out on the. I didn't know that. I guess what would be the northeast side. I, okay, I guess but Portland is just your happy place, isn't it? I love I love Oregon. Oregon's <laughs> so beautiful. So, um, but uh, so did lunch at uh, Great Notion, and we did a, a sampler of different beers. I think I, I posted something about it. I had like a Juice Junior double stack. Uh, they had the the Booberry the muffin. Booberry muffin. So, so I, I caught some flack for that for sure. From your wife? No, no, from you guys. <laughs> Evan was like mocking me because I, I forget what episode that was of the. Oh, you gotta you gotta go back in the archives for yeah, that one. So it was yeah. supposed to be Blueberry, and I said Booberry, but that's your one. Rip- Dan, I think that was that might Dan be the last there. time I saw Dan. Maybe Dan was there. 
So uh, from maybe this is the best way for me to tell Dan that I still have beers in my cellar from the last time he was at my house, <laughs> which I think was that night because Probably. it was save them for the next time we record here. Right. Well, the next podcast after this that you hear, it will be with Daniel. My plan had been all along. We were going to do a fireside chat and that was like last weekend. And the whole idea was, ah, I, I don't know. The Nationals are probably not going to make it to Game 7, so we can do it on Wednesday. And sure enough, when Game 7 came around, Daniel was like, you are not podcasting with me. You're watching Game 7. I was like, oh, hell yes, I'm watching Game for 7. For sure. So we'll have Daniel on uh, again soon. So continue. All right. So uh, moving on from Great Notion, uh, we dropped down to – I wanted to go to Modern Times. Modern Times ha- has, start, a tap room. has a tap room there. You know, they're based in San Diego, but – I think they always yeah. wanted to open one in Portland. Didn't they pick one in every big city up the coast? I'm not sure. I know that. I think they did. I think they yeah. have one in San Diego, L.A., San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle, which that would could, just be awesome be. going to any of those cities and be able so to have some. So that was here. on my list because I've never been to San Diego uh, modern time, so I wanted to hit that. They did not open until, I believe, like 4 o'clock, which was really random, but it was Wednesday. Um, so right across the street, just kind of not too far, was Cascade Barrel House. Okay. So we stopped in there, had a couple uh, great sours with them. And from there, uh, we had access through my brother-in-law for um, touring uh, Nike headquarters, which was really oh, cool. Oh, that'd be really cool. Beautiful uh, campus, as you can just imagine, just over the top. You got to go into, like, the Michael Jordan building and had all of his shoes that he has ever worn. Wow. You know, it, was, it was cool. Every single one? Yeah, they had every, every one. Every year, yeah, every everywhere. edition. Yeah. Right. That would be it amazing. Was pretty, it was pretty yeah. cool to see. Uh, from there, uh, we headed out to our um, our destination for most of the trip, which was in Willamette Valley. We the trip was kind of based more around um, wine tasting than than a beer cation. Uh, we stayed at Selena Estates, actually in their old uh, tasting room. So it was in the middle of a vineyard, out in the middle of the mountains, just absolutely gorgeous. So that was home base. From there, have you been to Napa? Yeah, multiple times. Do you like the scenery in the Oregon wine country better than? The California wine country? Very comparable. I mean, very like for actual scenery, it's... Beautiful very, hilly, kind of mountainy, kind of hilly. Yeah, I mean, you're still close to the, the coast if you want to go to yeah. the coast. Uh, but very similar feel. Evan's getting excited about a beer over here. A mead, actually. Mead. I mean, it just... You know how these go. These are super sweet, but very, very, like, fruit forward. Jammy AF. Jammy AF. <laughs> Uh, so we spent the next uh, two days basically touring uh, Willamette Valley wine country, multiple places. Um, hit a great restaurant one night in uh, a, a city called McMinnville. I think I'm pr- pronouncing that correctly. Okay. Uh, it was called Thistle. Uh, just a, a fantastic restaurant. I had, a, I believe, I had a, a braised pork chop, and again had kind of the fall thing going on with uh, squash and yeah. you know zucchini and it just just well paired great so cock- so did you come up with all these places to go to did your wife did it was kind of a uh, a group effort so everyone did some research and and everybody had a couple places that they wanted to go so and you kind of just go from there right so we, you just try to map it out to the best and so sure this all had some good cocktails as well so we enjoyed that. Uh, then one day we did drive all the way out to the coast, which isn't that far away, probably about an hour and a half drive. Yeah. And did uh, a good chunk of Highway 101 from Cannon Beach all the way down. We stopped in Tillamook, uh, 
know, did, did the cheese thing did for sure. Cheese. And then, and then uh, obviously, DeGard was there, so we did that. And then uh, we did drop down to uh, Pelican Brewing. I saw that. The, the did the you one, go the one, to the right city? We did. We the pass, one on the beach. We passed two other Pelican Brewings. There was one in Cannon <laughs> Remember Beach. We were talking in, about that before. In, we're like... I'm glad you told me because I would have shown up and I would have been disappointed. So <laughs> I wouldn't have even known to look for multiple ones. So You found the one on the sand, yep, looks passed, out to that rock. We passed one in Cannon Beach. We passed one in Tillamook. And I, from you telling me, I knew that the, the last one was the one on the beach. And we spent – that was actually on my birthday. So I watched, yes. I watched the sunset on the oh, ocean. Oh, gosh, that's with awesome. With a beer in hand, fires on the beach. It doesn't get any better than it, that. It, it was – it was great. And the food there, like you can do yep. it all there, right? Yep, they had everything. It's a, actually a great little town. Uh, they had, uh, you know, coffee what town? shops. Uh, Oregon I City? You, I don't think it was Oregon City. I knew you were going to ask me that. So, I forget what it was. So you put a picture up on your Peoria Bon Vivant uh, page, I think, of like a little montage of Pelican. And yes. it looks like the kind of brewery I don't know if I've yet been to. It was. It's like it was on beautiful. the sand. And right there, um, there's an access to where people were driving their their jeeps and trucks down onto the beach where all the surfers were coming in in their wetsuits and they were loading their boards back up on their top of their jeeps and taking off and we're it was just uh i wanted to was hang it pacific out. city there you go okay yes is did they have mother of all storms on tap i asked they did not so really he, they, i actually I, thought I, they might all like kind I, of all year round asked, it's a big enough deal asked, yeah because I, I was like it's my birthday i was like i kind of asked what do you like, have in the cellar yeah is there a reserve list or anything like that and they're like unfortunately no so Wow. We basically That's just had surprising. the beers that were on tap. Uh, they had a good Which selection Which wasn't there. probably disappointing at no, all. Not at but all. Not at all. So it was a great way to uh, ring in the 40s. And uh, from there, headed back. And then on our last day, uh, we stayed downtown Portland uh, at a hotel. Uh, and then went to that Le Pigeon for, for birthday dinner wow. that night. And that was, that was probably one of the best uh, meals I've ever had in my life. Really? Just from start to finish. It was the, the chef paired the wine for us. We had, I think like the, I think the appetizer that I had was, was a uh, lobster and pork belly with like a, kind of a citrusy melon. In one dish? Yeah. It was Ooh. all like kind of paired together with like a citrusy melon and maybe like water chestnuts or I'd have to look at the menu again. Uh, when but you get those types of proteins paired together that usually aren't paired together, it's just and, like and they, it's and just these guys exquisite. are just masters of, of yeah. putting this together. And it's yeah. all it's a very, very small restaurant. They're cooking it basically right in front of you. So like, uh, you know, they were cooking five feet away from where we were. Just like uh, three guys just going to town in a tiny little, probably, I would say, twenty by thirty restaurant. Yeah. With you know that was the kitchen and the tables, so very small, very quaint. Uh, they, we had um, we had a dessert that it was um, it came with like a, a duck fat melted over the top of it at the end. I was I mean it was like food coma when we left there. The provisions wow. guy, yeah, the provisions <laughs> guy, living his best provisions life on his fortieth oh. birthday. We did hit. Oh, I forgot. We did hit fortieth. Um, I thought it was 30th. Yeah, I wish. 10th <laughs> anniversary of the 30th. 10th anniversary of the 30th birthday. <laughs> but uh, we, we did hit modern times on the way back. Um, but I, we, we didn't hit a whole lot of breweries. So I think for beer, it was Great Notion, Cascade, DeGard, Pelican, and Modern Times. The so how, how is uh, Great Notion now that they've kind of stepped up production? They've 
expanded at least their breweries a little bit bigger, their tap rooms a little bit bigger? Because you've been there before. Yeah, so I went to the same tap room that I had been at uh, probably in 2000. I think that was 17. Uh, it looked very similar. I mean, nothing had really changed in there. So I know they opened a new facility in the city uh, to handle uh, more people. But this, this place had it looked like they had a little more merchandise than last time. They, they did have a lot of beers to go. But it's just kind of one of those things where you're, how much stuff do you bring back? Yeah. You know, we were already shipping How many beer t-shirts do you want to bring home? I mean, we had that in Austin when we talked about on the podcast a couple weeks ago that it was like, yeah, you're down there and you're having all these good beers on draft. And it's like, okay, I've had a bunch. It's great. Do I really want to ship yeah. know, 75 different cans back? No. Like, no. It's just not. As it, much as you feel like you would want it when you're at home and you have nothing good like that. Yeah, in the fridge or whatever. But it was fun though uh, to spend that time with uh, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, and my wife. So my wife's a big IPA fan. So she probably ev- loved going everywhere there. we went. Uh, was great. Um, Luke and Rachel they they tend to like the saisons and the sours. They they live in Austin, so they frequent Jester King. And so I started rattling off. It's like okay, they have some sours here. Nice. We're gonna go to Cascade. We're gonna do the garden. But I also, while we were there, opened them up to some other things. Uh, I was like, you guys are absolutely not leaving Great Notion until everyone tries Double Stack. Period. Yeah. Period. And was they that on it. draft or cans? It was on draft. Oh. And it was fantastic. As, it was as like having oh having gosh. pancakes and syrup at yeah. your table. Yep. As soon as, they, as soon as they brought it out. It just that was the only thing you yeah. could smell. Exactly. So. I'm jealous. Dude, <sighs> great trip. Just everything there. The, the people are, are great. They're very... Uh, hospitable, welcoming. Uh, you have the mountains all around you. I mean, at a certain point, uh, you just look up and there's uh, Mount Hood or there's um, off in the distance Mount St. Helens with kind of a flattened top. Yeah. You know, it's just really cool to see those things. And then you have, so you have the mountains and the coast all right there, just all colliding together. And you have an awesome wine valley in the middle that is just booming with, with – uh, it, it felt a lot like Napa or Sonoma, where you could literally just go up the highway and stop at vineyards. I mean, there's just so many of them, and they're they're just in that kind of uh, they're behind Napa for for growth for sure. Like they're they're but they're coming into their own. They're, yeah. It's a popular place. Now. Is it super busy? I mean, I know you went around the time of your birthday, so the timing was just what it was. The big harvest push was over at that point. I mean, there was so I think harvest push out there or any like Napa, Sonoma, any of it, that's very busy during harvest because everybody wants to go see the working vineyards and see them actually doing it and experience that. So that was over. So, But if you're someone who goes to Napa and it can be kind of busy, mm-hmm. right, in Napa at least at certain times of the month or certain times of the year, but does, do you experience that in Oregon or is it a little bit more low-key because... It's well, sort of like everyone's number two destination for well, wine. Well, we went to Napa in late September, which was during harvest. And so a lot of the wineries weren't doing tastings and kind of declined everything because they they're so, so busy. busy. Okay. Wow. And so I don't know. We, I wouldn't say that it wasn't busy when we were there because of that. I mean, okay. it, was, it was plenty busy, but like we had some nice... Um, nice tasting events or whatever that we scheduled that weren't, I mean, it didn't seem like it was overwhelmingly crowded for the winery and, and all that. And that was probably late September. So I don't know if that's comparable to that, but I mean, everywhere we went, there were people. Por- I feel like Portland but, just in general is sure. uh, much more happening area than 
year-round. So no everywhere what. we went, like restaurants or a lot of the um, vineyards and winery and wine tasting rooms, we had to have um, you know a reservation. Yep. Uh, so you kind of had to plan ahead. There was a couple places that okay. w- that we could just walk into. Uh, you kind of had to read ahead, like do they allow just walk-ins? Some places kind of frown upon you. that. So we had it kind of mapped out at least to where we know. Hey, this is a scheduled one. This is going to be a walk-in one. Okay. Uh, See, that's but, good to know. But just very, uh, very gracious. A lot of the people. Yeah. Sometimes you go into places that are very commercialized, and it's like, here's your wine, and they it, don't it, tell you about it, it. They don't want to talk to you but, about it. So we try to, we try to avoid those and go to the the smaller yeah. places that really have a passion for what they do and, uh-huh. and you i mean there's a lot of times we'd be sitting there and the owner would walk in and say hey try this one and they'd crack another bottle and like we're really proud of this one yeah and you have a, a you know a 10 minute conversation with the owners of the vineyard that doesn't happen uh in napa too often so. yeah you're right no and, and then that's probably why you you know a lot of people should seek out a place like oregon because if you're you you want to get a little more personal touch, you'll get it there. Sure. Man, that's great. I'm jealous. So there, We did find a, a great little, uh, it was a, a breakfast and lunch uh, restaurant, but also a, a provision store, so I was pretty excited about this. It's called Red Hills Market. It was in Dundee, Oregon. And if, you, if you've ever, uh, have you ever been to Oakville Grocery or Visa Tui in, in uh, Napa Valley? It kind of had that feel. Like you go in, they've got all the, uh, the meats and cheeses, and so you know, I think I sent you guys a picture. It was uh, for all the provisions you need. They had uh, Olympia uh, Provisions Meats, uh, which is a or uh, Portland-based uh, company. They had La Quercia Meats there as well. I saw that. That's impressive. Uh, that that's making a coastal sort La of Quercia, reach. That's a big name from Norwalk, Iowa. They, so they had that. They had uh, Olympia Provisions. They had a lot of local dairies uh, uh the dairy business is very big out there a lot of okay. a lot of happy cows in oregon just like california so a lot of uh artisan cheeses and stuff like that uh, just oh, we we went there twice to get things just to take on a picnic yeah where you crack a bottle of wine and you're just overlooking the mountains and just it doesn't get much better than that no for me. no mark it killed doesn't. the pints and provisions weekend yep. birthday celebration weekend yep. I was going to talk a little bit about Brett's wedding celebration that had some pints of provisions, but that's uh, it'll be a letdown story. After, well, but uh, no, but now you're Mark's trip. You're um, uh, now brother-in-law. Yeah, now brother-in-law. Now brother-in-law had his wedding at Revolution, right? Yeah. How does Revolution do in hosting a wedding? It was awesome. Like really, really impressive. Um, you know, you think doing it at a brewery. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would just kind of be a little taken off by that or whatever but they had the barrels in the background which uh, mostly were filled with Death Star and Ryeway to Heaven which I heard Ryeway to Heaven is going to be a very the next VSO so VSOR I think it is very special other Ryeway Ryeway. Um, Ryan was caught in the back pulling nails so uh, there were nails that I probably could have pulled (laughs) did you bring your hammer I actually thought about it uh, it was. Would it was pretty. Notice? It was. There was a pretty good hands-on opportunity there if you really wanted it. But uh, <laughs> you know, with the barrels in the background, everything like it actually just had this really classy look that maybe. 
I mean, I think us here probably could envision it very well, but I'm sure a lot of other people um, that don't spend a lot of time in the dealing with breweries and wineries mm-hmm. and all this yeah. think probably just think it's too alcohol related and whatnot but you think of like side projects tweets and when they have the barrels in the background there's always barrels in the background it's beautiful and Sante Adarius and some of these places that really focus on I barrels think, I think barrels are a great it's a, a great backdrop for and it's really cool for a scenery perspective so yeah all that really made the whole uh, ambiance really nice and they had 12 I think beers on draft um, none of their barrel-aged specialties, unfortunately, but they had a Pilsner. They had a few different IPAs. They had a DDH IPA. They had um, a nice uh, brown ale. They had a porter, so pretty good variety. I think they did actually have a wa- something uh, wild, uh, wild fermented. Good variety. You could buy um, to-go beers, uh, and, and it was a huge room, so there was tons of space. They had space for dance floor and all that, so... They did, it, they did it up really well. So uh, kudos to Revolution. Um, they're they're bo- basically booked every Friday year-round. Good for them. Um, they, they only open the place up to for weddings on Fridays, and hmm. it's closed for the whole wedding party. So it was a really, really, really good spot. And if, you, and if you're a couple that that's a passion of yours, like it is theirs, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it it's was. It's no different than having your wedding at a winery nope. or any, you know. It was, it was fun. Um, they did a good job. The... Their events planner, I don't know if they oh, were connected yeah, they, to Revolution or not. Probably. Wouldn't were, you hire an event planner if you had a place like on that? On point, every moment of the time. So it was, uh, it was really, really well run. So they yeah. did a good job. I can't shake this thought though that at some point I'm going to be flipping through looking at wedding photos, and there's the happy bride and groom, and in the background there's Ryan with his head cocked, pulling a nail, pulling a nail, you know. <laughs> Enjoying, enjoying <laughs> jumping the over the bar, trying to grab <laughs> a cafe deep, cafe deep, <laughs> or a VSOJ. Lay off me, I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I know what you have back there. Just <laughs> let me have it. Well, so we were there the day before, and they had maple deep, deep by oh. plums, cafe deep, and D star on draft, and those taps literally were just flipped around <laughs> the next day. Oh. And so I was talking to the the bartenders multiple like, times like can't you just pull that back because i know what's on that tap right now i'll pay you whatever yeah, it I'll cost yesterday or you. more or whatever and they said no we actually we actually uh take the lines off and clean them and use this opportunity to kind of do some that sounds like a bs answer. i agree i was like nope yep. it's connected but yep. i appreciate uh what you have to do all right yeah they're not pulling those lines until that's tapped well i I wish I could say that in watching, and you guys have been there in terms of the uh, excitement of watching your baseball team win a World Series uh, about three years ago, but I can tell you the stress of watching a game at home, which I could not get my good friend to just nut up and fly out to Washington to watch a game, although we would have just watched the loss anyway. Is this Yazik? Yeah. It was stressful to the point where I couldn't even enjoy a drink. I basically was sitting on the floor of my sunroom, (laughs) and I didn't want to be bothered. And if kids came down or if anybody wanted anything, I would go downstairs and watch it, and then I would would move around. And I'm sure you guys are the same way, but it's like I wanted to watch it alone. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to drink anything. I just wanted to sit there and watch and just kind of immerse myself in what was going on because, one, it was so stressful – but two, I was like, 
I just know that these guys won't give up, and I know that they'll be able to do it. I know that they'll it's be able to do fantastic it. Fantastic game. It had everything. Like come from the whole behind. series had yeah. everything. And I think if you're a fan of baseball, you realize you did have the two best teams. Period. You had the two best teams in baseball that year. I was nervous for the Nats, and I'm and I'm a Cubs fan, so I mean, I was rooting for them, and just fantastic. I was on pins and needles. I can't even imagine how you felt. It, I I could I could barely I I could barely handle it, uh, especially Game Seven when you go down, and although Scherzer is doing everything he can to like let the bloodletting stop as much as possible, allowing just two runs, but he looked right. like he was in trouble, and he had traffic on the bases. All, all the, the time. time. The all whole the time. time. The whole time. And he held it together to allow only two runs. He's, first and second. First and second. He's got the perfect mindset for that type of struggle. And with to a guy handle that with only two and runs. And with a guy like Granky, and you're like, okay, this guy is a Cy Young pitcher. Mm-hmm. And he's not pitching amazing stuff, but he is exquisite at painting the strike zone and making batters second guess themselves. And you're just like, how are we going to beat these guys? And as soon as there was a little chink in the armor, all of a sudden they pull him, and I'm just thinking, this is a blessing. This is wonderful. I can't believe they're pulling him. And it just sort of snowballed from there, and they Which took will advantage. Be the story for a while, especially so, in Houston. So, but I agree game, with that, you. That game that, had a lot uh, of suspense. It wasn't it wasn't a Cubs-Indians game seven suspense for the Cubs fans, right. but it was pretty darn close. Yeah. yeah, which went into extra innings. Right, where we had the lead, then we, right. then we let them come back, and, yeah, we all remember, but... I thought I thought Mad Max pitched a heck of a game. Th- that much pressure on him, with with guys on, runners on all the time, to be able to perform. And a guy that so like couldn't pressure. lift his arm to dress himself three days like yeah, prior. Yeah, that part's pretty special. Yeah. You think how is this guy even going to be ready for Game Seven? If he is ready, like maybe he'll go limited innings. Drugs. Maybe. <laughs> Drugs. Very, very special. <laughs> Maybe maybe have 2019 medicine is a special <laughs> special. Well, thing. like at least maybe this guy's got limited stuff. He doesn't have his no, he, upper 90s yeah. fastball, which he still had his mid to upper 90s fastball. Um, it's amazing, but is that a chunk of coconut? Chunk of coconut. Sorry, a chunk of coconut. Um, but then to watch Corbin come in, pitch three amazing innings, Daniel Hudson to come in. And I know my son Hudson um, forever will want a Hudson jersey Good made for him. for him that says Hudson on the back, even though that's Daniel Hudson's last name. <laughs> to watch him come in and strike out the three like toughest outs in the Astros lineup, like right. one, two, three, was so satisfying. Altuve, the kind of guy who is almost an impossible out, goes down on three pitches. Playoff hero, man. He, they, two, I think they he saw the writing on the wall at that point. The Yankees. They saw the writing at the wall at that point. They did what they could, but they knew that they were kind of done. Yeah. Just um, pretty crazy seeing two awesome teams like that battle and the away team win every game. Oh, and that's never that happened in professional sports ever. Don't, and don't I don't think a, it had happened after five games, let alone to do all seven, seven that way. Yeah. Don't, don't take offense to this, but I think on paper the Astros were the better team. Oh, and, no, but I no, think, no doubt. I think the the no quit, never give up. Uh, you know, I think, I think they finally just at the end there when he said, like, like they kind of saw the writing on the wall. I think they finally broke them there at the end. Anthony Rendon yeah. caught fire not- when they needed him to, as he always does. As he's uh, final th- top three finalist for MVP, so uh, you should expect that out of him. And shockingly, like you got a guy like Howie Kendrick, who's a who's a career hitter. 
hits a home run, a two-run home run at just at the perfect time, just like he did the Grand Slam against the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, was that the was that the shot off the foul pole? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was I was the, watching to go that three at home. two. My son was still <laughs> up at this point. I saw that get smacked, and I said, right off the bat, I said, "Oh my gosh, that's out." My wife was actually paying attention to the game at this point, and she said, "No way!" Before it left the park, she said, "No way, this reliever can give this up that quick." And I said, "That's gone." I no, but see, I saw that differently. I saw that hit, and I was like. I didn't think it was gone because it didn't look like he squared it off that well. And it kind of was down in the zone. No, I know. He's got down in the zone. And I was like, oh, well, at least this probably will be a nice double in the corner. You might be able to tie the game. But it went off the foul pole, and I started swearing at my house. I was like, oh, my God. I started laughing. I mean, with a lot, of, lot more expletives, but like, I started laughing because oh all I could we're think up. about is we're up now. what Evan was doing in his house when that happened. I was screaming, like, yeah. and two of my kids were up. Tucker was like, I mean, he was like done dealing. I'm like, I'm, he's like, I'm going to bed. I'm done with this. And I was like, dude, just stay up. He's like, I'm so tired, Dad. And I was like, okay, go upstairs. That's fine. I'm no way. And I like, my wife comes screaming out of the bathroom from our master bedroom. She's like, she is so excited because she's been a Nationals fan with me all along. Like, we went to games, and I posted that picture of like me and Tucker when. Yeah, I took like Tucker, like took Tucker to his first game, and that's against Philly. And Philly fans were just relentless. You look like us. you were 15 in that picture. Yeah, well, a few craft <laughs> beers since then has changed that. <laughs> but um, it was it was a fun experience. I don't. I never thought a team of mine that I've loved uh, could ever reach you know the 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 highest point of their sport, and they finally did it. So it was super to see. Yeah, very cool. kudos to a guy like Strasburg who's going to probably he's gone. You know, Rendon, who knows if they'll be able to keep him. Hard to say. It's but two it's crazy names to see go off that roster. But it sounded a while ago like Rendon was going to accept that offer. So it's kind of surprising to see that he hasn't yet. Um, but speaking of people gone, he's going to get some I, I big money all the, after this the past season. Memes. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, what the heck? I posted one to your social media and one of your friends yelled at me. I was like. I thought this was like uh, adding to the fun. No, I no, I think he he was he was offended. No, he was playing along with it. Oh, he, okay, you know he he. I think he was uh, he was playing along with it. But. I mean, we were talking. So I'm a huge baseball fan, and I was going to one comment about your stress level because I was in in Wrigleyville for the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016, and we were going out to a bar with friends to watch the game, and I. We, we kind of walked around and we did the souvenir shop and stuff by Wrigleyville because my wife needed a, a jersey to wear, so she bought an Arietta one. Sorry, Phillies for you. but um, So I said, you know what? I said, I don't want to drink much tonight because I'm going to be so stressed out with this game. And so I bought a program. I yeah. bought a program for Game 7 that they had printed for Chicago that they were also handing out in Cleveland. I said, I'm going to do the scoring of the game. I'm just going to follow everything, so that way I will be distracted from alcohol and everything else going on in this bar. Because I'm going to watch every second of this. Every second, I want to watch the strategy. I love all that. So I had a couple light beers. By the time the seventh inning came around, I had no buzz. I said, "Let's get a cellar beer." We were at uh, a really nice craft beer bar in Chicago, so we got a Bourbon County in their cellar from a couple years ago. Before that, but I said. Other than that, I said, I don't want to drink much. I want to watch it all and take yeah. it all in, enjoy the moment, and not worry about the social part of this. And, yeah, part of me was like, I really want to be in Chicago for it. But part of me was like, I would love to be, like, in one small yeah. room in my house alone oh. just watching this game, like, with no uh, no distractions around me. Yeah. I 
I, I mean, I was too stressed out and I, I didn't want to cloud any sort of like enjoyment of it. And not to say that I would have by having another drink, but it was like, I, but that's where big bark <sighs> lager came in hand. That's where like the, yeah, a the good, big, nice bark, it just kind of took, took a little, little edge, edge off, off. The, off the nerves and it was like, all right, we're good to go. The, one of those barrel-aged Aslan stouts would have taken a little too it, much of the edge just, off. It would have completely killed it. So um, a little tip to nervous sports fans. Just enjoy the game. That way you can enjoy every moment of it. And yeah, Can you imagine if you would have like pounded a, a Beaumont or something like that and fell asleep and then <laughs> you missed well, the whole I, thing? You know, like, yeah, I wanted to enjoy a D.C. beer at some point, but at that, at that time I was – kind of just locked in i loved watching every pitch even though sometimes i hated watching every pit every pitch because i mean like how many how many um batters went to full counts i mean these teams, crazy the whole game was, was a battle that was the best part are, of it the whole game was great baseball i mean you so could, good uh, at the plate like plate discipline the whole removal of granky is going to be up for controversy for a while i think i was texting my buddy because he's uh i'm not allowed to say his name but he's a part of the analytics division of a uh, American League East team and so him and I always text when we're watching some of these big games because I would like to see what my managerial skills go into play in the <laughs> analytics side of things I said I just said I'm shocked they're taking him out but, I feel like that was a completely like statistic move though but like uh, a he said you know move. what he, he the, the big thing he said is this was pre-planned based on totally. analytics. Totally. Based and on analytics. If That's AJ keeps, Hinch. If he keeps Granky in, no, it's pre-planned based on analytics from their front office, not from Hinch. Oh, okay. And if Hinch keeps Granky in and it they lose because of that, then his job is way on the line more than if he takes him out and relies on the front office wow. analytics decision. So that's probably part of it that they just said, Sixth inning or, or he's X gone. amount of pitches he's or whatever, done. you put one on and you've already given up a run or we're only it's up time one. To, it's time to yank him. It's it's done. And Grank, I mean, Granky was like 65, 75 pitches. He was in the 70s. He and was he in had the fielded zone. a ton of balls. I just said, I said, other than maybe their closer, Granky was probably their best option at that point in time. Because Cole wasn't coming in. Come well, on, Cole wasn't that's a coming topic, in. But. <laughs> It so, didn't have anyway. We could probably that's talk all about part baseball. of it. That's just so. I, that's what I love baseball so much is there's so when you get to the game seven, every element of every single inning and out is so critical. Every it's crazy, pitch, every it's pitch, crazy. every mistake. I was waiting for, to see what the Nationals, what creative move they took when they're down two nothing in the third, but they stuck with Scherzer and because they stuck know with it that and guy. grinded it out and but it's just awesome watching all that. So yeah, yeah. Not to uh, downplay your World Series, but uh, it's also a big day in sports. A lot of college basketball, men's basketball, is kicking off tonight. Yes, it is. Opening night for the Illini. And uh, also a couple big games um, on the national level. you got number one versus number two. That's Michigan State number one. you got one, one two, three, four at Madison Square Garden tonight. Yes, tonight. So actually right now. Um, Has that ever happened? I don't think so. Kentucky. Kansas is up on Duke right now. Sorry, yeah, Duke and Kansas. And, and then, then yeah. Michigan State, Kentucky. Yes. Kansas, the most corrupt team. Uh, maybe second only to Kentucky in the NCAA. So. <laughs> Iowa State fan coming out there. Go Cyclones. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, it's a good time to be a sports fan. It's a good time to be a food fan. And uh, cheers, guys, to um, one-minute rundown. Best 
places Ooh. for pints and provisions in Washington, D.C. Uh, or the greater area. Church Key. Church Key, and I think it's uh, Birch and Barley, which is downstairs at Church Key, which is kind of their food and beverage, like food place. So if you go to Church Key, it's upstairs, uh, and their restaurant downstairs. By hands, I mean, if you're going out to D.C., uh, and you need a place to get a good beer. Obviously, the That's Mecca like a is Church world Key. World-renowned place. World-renowned. Yeah. World-renowned. One Other of the than best. your place in um, rural Maine, I mean, it's one of the most world-renowned uh, beer bars, right? Yeah. Or maybe um, whatever the place is in San Diego You've got, and San Francisco. Uh, Tornado. 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 It's probably Church Key, Tornado, and then this I, place in Maine I that I I would probably give Church Key the yeah, edge on that. for sure. Okay. D.C. So. Brow. D.C. Brow is a wonderful on brewery. On the Wings of Armageddon, a great IPA. But uh, DC is a great area. I was gonna say you can't Aslan. go. You can't go too far, and then you're food, at Aslan. a great food city. Great food city, honestly. Ooh, and the Vale, and all those great. Well, Virginia the Vale's breweries. down in Richmond. It's not that far. No, it's not that far. But gotta, if you're gotta give DC a shout proper, out to the beautiful Richmond beer scene. Yeah, RVA's uh, got plenty to it. So, all right. Cheers, guys. Uh, happy birthday to Mark. Uh, sounds like you had a great trip. Go Nationals and go Anthony Rendon.